your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really, it's really awful. Do it to it, brother. Welcome to the Lutheran Stuff No Drama, No Drama podcast. I'm Pastor Hoffman uh, of Christ Lutheran Church and of the Michigan Christ Lutheran Church. We have with us Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Hey, hope everybody's having a good midweek. All right. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. We are going to be discussing today. We're continuing our study of Galatians, and if you're following along in the Lutheran Study Bible, you'll notice the outline uh, for today. We'll be going over chapter 1, verse 13, to 2, verse 14, and I think we got a big treat in there for you. So um, I will start by just reading through it, and then we'll start talking about it. Um, I'm going to do a little background here. Actually, I'm going to start on verse 11, just for so we can get some some reference. Verse 11, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through revelation of Jesus Christ. For if you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it, And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him for fifteen days, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother, in what I am writing to you before God. I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Chapter 2 Then after fourteen years I went up again to Jerusalem with Barabbas, and taking Titus along with me, I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though through privately though before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised. Though he was a Greek, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery, so them we did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And from those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. 
God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, uh, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barabbas and me, and we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, uh, the very thing I was eager to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barabbas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Okay. I think we have a little a little a little thing to 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 discuss here. Yeah, we definitely have some unpacking to do. There's a lot of good stuff in this text. So we we pick up with Paul reminding them, look, and it's it's really important, I believe, uh, to that he's reiterating, I was called by God. This is not man's gospel. This is not something I made up. It's the gospel from God. It was taught to me through revelation of Jesus Christ himself. Remember, not an angel that came to him, but Jesus Christ. Um, and he would also say, you know, and for you've heard of my former life. He was, uh, he was, uh, um, he was a bad dude. <laughs> yeah, my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. So, I mean, we straight up have a guy here who was actively engaging in the murder of the early Christians. Yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what what we need in the in the ministry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, it's great. By the way, I think we're gonna see a real. The more you read the Bible, you more you see God doing things His way by means of things that we would find almost trivial or even ridiculous, and then He He accomplishes these amazing things. And nobody ever says, well, obviously, Paul's always been a suck-up to the Christians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's laying down the facts here, right? I was a Jew. I persecuted the church violently. And then he says, I was advanced in Judaism beyond many in my own age yeah. among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But, there's the but. Mm -hmm. When he who had set me apart before I was born, uh, and he who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me. 
How awesome is that? Oh, you know, it's a great kind of play on words too, because he um, he was he was zealous for the traditions of his fathers, but certainly not of his father. And yet, that's that's the arena he's working in. He works. He's a church worker. And so uh, we have a. And then he's so he's zealous for their tradition. By the way, the Pharisees is not a sanctioned um, Levitical priesthood or anything. Those guys are self-appointed. So keep that in mind. And so, but he was a, a schooled, well-schooled in that school, and he became kind of judge, jury, and executioner. Well, and you know, we have some uh, uh, election here. He who set me apart before I was born, and then we have we we also have uh, some of the s small catechism here. Second article: He who called me by His grace, or I'm sorry, third article: That the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian Church. Right. So uh, we have some second article, second article, or third article of the Creed in this. Oh, absolutely, and you gotta love that, because again, that's the active work of God in the life of Christians, and so not by his strength or reason or anything that's in him, so no man will boast, he'll say in Ephesians, so you're absolutely right, the election, God calls into service, I mean, it's kind of a pithy saying, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called kind of thing. And uh, and certainly Paul was no was no um, was no choir boy, and yet God says, "Nope, you're the guy. I need to do this." <laughs> uh, it's always yeah. Well, and I mean, and Paul gives the reason why, right? He tells us why God chose him that His mercy may be shown among the nations, right? Like he's even talking about it here. You guys know that I was a Jew, and I violent violently persecuted the church uh-huh but yeah so i mean uh and then he says you know god has called him by his grace in order that i might preach him among the gentiles yeah now now this part is is the part where his credentials come back into play i did not immediately consult with anyone nor did i go up to jerusalem to those who were apostles before me but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So he's calling about that 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 revelation that he talked about uh, at the beginning of the chapter, right? So yeah, it uh, wasn't it wasn't hey Paul, go learn from Matthew and and uh, those guys. It was hey Paul, I'm going to get you up to speed myself. So yeah, and, and he's kind of distinct in the apostles where he has this special thing where he's late in the game right and uh -huh. and unlike the other ones you know in the upper room and and all of this where jesus unlocks their mind you know he's he's kind of going solo on this after the other guys so it's kind of interesting to see paul unfold you know from the rest of the apostles right because he, you know, and that's interesting because, again, you now can't accuse the Christian church of being just this one little sect. You now have somebody who would, did not walk with them 
that is now saying the exact same thing. Um, that's credibility right there. Oh, absolutely. Not only that, you know, we, we have a murderer of the Christians being conformed to one of the greatest teachers of the Christian faith ever, right? <laughs> you gotta love that. You know, because that means that guys like you and I have hope. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, when... when it, it shouldn't shock me. It does shock me because I'm a sinner. But, I mean, let's face it. Paul was a bad person. And, and he was... He was persecuting people who had this sincere love of Jesus and although I can't say in my whole life I've ever I've ever begrudged him being an apostle but still he was just so famous for being such a bad guy but what I I see as I look at it with more mature eyes is yeah he was really a loser and that's who Jesus died for and so that's why Paul you see somebody who has been repented, who has turned away. And, oh, by goodness, some of those people who came out of the wrong faith become rather zealous. <laughs> so having been one of those people that rejected Jesus Christ, learning about who he was made me quite zealous for him. Well, in James and, and uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, you know, uh, God chooses the lowly, the poor, you know, and he gives them this great gift of faith in the gospel, you know. Uh, not that he doesn't pick the rich also, but, I mean, James it really plays on this theme of the poor, right? So um, the the ones that are totally blind and helpless, right, Um that's who the gospel's coming to. You're right. And and just so we don't, you know, take out our measuring stick, we're all equally uh we're all equally in danger and yet his mercy is all equal between all of us. So when I when I felt a little bit put out that why is Paul getting <laughs> <laughs> this treatment and I'm like well why are you getting that treatment smart guy <laughs> and then I'm like oh yeah never mind so, yeah if, if you uh, if you ever have a moment where it's like okay well why him it's like let me take another moment to examine my own heart sure and, okay yeah no no he's uh he's good <laughs> yeah that was just that was just Oh, that's right, because he came to save sinners. <laughs> Even ones who can't believe that that guy got saved. <laughs> so, and, you know, but as he moves on here, and this is really good because, okay, he establishes his call. He establishes, yes, I am legit. I am the real deal. It was Jesus. I didn't go to some school of Matthew or Peter or something what I did do and then but he doesn't say and then I went out and I was a complete and total loner he says that after he spends this years and by the way that is deeply tear-jerkingly profound to me to say that this person who is so learned in the scriptures 
the difference between the Holy Spirit um, and and not is to look at the scriptures and say, oh, wait a minute. I've been I've looked at these scriptures for years and now just now I'm seeing that it's Jesus. And so his his revelation of that in the scriptures was what really part of Galatians that gets me especially. Well, yeah, and here's the mix up with the with the Jews, right? The Pharisees uh, and a lot of the Jews with Christianity. It's it's they have the old codes, right? So they're like if I sacrifice make the sacrifices if i if i do the free will offerings if i uh don't if i you know do this and this and this they made it into a checklist you know and and they thought they were righteous in and of themselves because of what they were doing when when those things those ordinances all pointed to jesus and what's clean and unclean what's holy and unholy to keep God's people separate, right? So they made a system of self-justification, and they never picked up on Christ in any of the text. Uh-huh. You know, and that's really good that you point that out, because, again, it it's a, it, I would say it's a red flag for all of us to uh, always be aware. Look at history. Look at, you know, um, whenever you step away from how God works because of the way God works is frightening, um, you start to figure out, well, how do I fill his shoes? And that is the wrong question to ask. <laughs> and so, um, and so, yeah, definitely Paul, uh, the Pharisees kind of tried to find their own way to, to get around. You shall be perfect. <laughs> so... <laughs> And, and and that's okay, but, you know, when Jesus would set them straight, he would always point to say, to show them, it's, it's, it's not as hard as you think, and yet it's impossible. And so, and Paul understood that really well. Well, and this, actually, to, to jump on that before we move forward, um, that was in the three-year lectionary text in uh, Mark this week, Mark 10, um, Then, Lord, you know, they're, they're like, if the rich people can't even buy their way in, you know, who can be saved, right? <laughs> and Jesus responds, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Yeah. So, By the way, thank you for reading that in context. <laughs> yes, no, I, I, I hate to say this, but somebody, I won't say who, brought home a little plaque, and it says in my house, with God, all things are possible, and I'm... I want to stick a sign above it saying, then Lord, who can be saved, you yeah. know, or, uh, stick it somewhere like in a cupboard or something like that. But yeah. it's, it's out in my house, unfortunately. And, uh, I won't say who stuck it there. It could be anybody, but, uh, I definitely want to put something above that. Cause that's what, that's what they do. That you got the Philippians four thirteen, right? Um, yeah. I can do all things through Christ. The <laughs> scourgings and beatings and imprisonments and all that that just came before the, the one text and then also here, right? So yeah. with God, all things are possible. I, I think I'll jump off a 10-story building. Bad idea, homie. I know. <laughs> 
with those people I go, well, can I have you all your money? Because it could fill up. It's possible your bank account again. So, you know, because, you know, if you took a picture of like a, a meth head and then put a sticker that said salvation and then put the meth head on that plaque and then it said with God, all things are possible. You're going, ah, <laughs> okay, we need a messed up person with the word salvation. Okay, yeah, that guy has hope. But yeah, not not you don't want to see the guy on the hang glider, you know, in those motivational, you know, Jesus is not a motivational speaker. <sighs> Sorry, I'm getting angry. Um, Unfortunately, it, it exists, you know, so I mean, it does exist and it's sad. And, and like you said, that's that's the thing I, I phrase the same one to the, the person who says, I'm, I'm a good person. That's why I'm going to heaven. I say, OK, give me all your stuff. Mm -hmm. since you're a good person give me all your stuff you know because that's what good a good person would do right so yeah um, all right let's push forward here we get sidetracked with oh, sidetracks and what welcome to the bush league folks. that's why they never make us conductors because we'd find a way to go off into a rabbit trail off a railroad <laughs> <laughs> that's why we'd go off into the bush league so well, he does make this interesting, you know, this point of his studying. But then in chapter two, we start to see the, and this is really good for the the Lutheran study Bible, the break it down this way to tell it, to make sure we include this is to say then after 14 years, those are years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barabbas taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them. Uh, though privately before those who, who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. You know, that is message. So we're starting to see him making his way back to Jerusalem, you know, because those are where the Palestinian Jews are going to be. Matthew was a Palestinian Jew. And um, uh, Peter, I believe, was a Palestinian Jew. And... Um, and so they would stay in that region. They, I don't think they would ever really leave. And so he goes back to go, okay, let's compare notes. <laughs> and yeah, I, which pastor know, should? We should winkle every now and then. We shouldn't wait for 14 years. Dr. Scare has me pretty convinced that James is kind of the head honcho there in Jerusalem. So I believe uh, it too. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced it's not Peter. I'm sorry, all Roman Catholics out there. I'm pretty convinced at this point that James is is the uh, leader of the apostles in, in the, the church at Jerusalem. So uh, we'll see why in a second, too. Let's see what oh, Peter Oh, yeah, does. you're right. <laughs> there's there's very strong, and I'm glad you said that, and I, I'm glad for Dr. Scare. Um, it's to say, uh, so he's... I lost my spot. But even Titus, who was there with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Okay, so they're not Judaizers, remember. And yet, because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery 
To them we did not yield submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. Oh my goodness. I mean, there's more, but I have to pause. Um, Definitely have to pause. Well, because look, okay, look. Uh, we're not saying, Paul is the Jew of Jews, okay? But he understands the freedom they have in the gospel. And yes, he's got a Greek there. And so for Paul, he knows circumcision is the right thing to do, but he also understands that baptism, you know, is it replaces that. And he's not just being zealous for tradition. He is now, he's heard the word of the Lord and, um, and the circumcision is not part of the new covenant. And so you see him saying, look, I'm not going to make him get circumcised. A man, a 20-something-year-old dude or older, 40, 50-year-old going getting circumcised. But, um, but then this is the sneaky part. In this time, uh, false brothers were brought in to, to spy out our freedom we have in Christ Jesus because you have freedom and it's, and it's stressing these people out so that they might bring us into slavery and obviously slavery means back into the pharisaical ways you know to to find out if these 633 laws <laughs> are being kept and to them and here's paul here's where he has his here i stand moment way before luther um he says to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you and i'm like man that is the most that is the most you are the bomb uh, we need that bomb sound effect but that is amazing here comes the boom right exactly so, it's just here's a, a a little history on what's going on here is is the jews that were converting to christianity still kind of kept with Judaism, okay? The only thing they, they changed was was they brought Jesus into the synagogue. So the synagogues were basically becoming churches, but they were still kind of called synagogues. And they would get the full revelation, you know, of Christ and, and from the scriptures that they had, the Old Testament text. And, but they would still observe, you know, how they kind of practice things their whole lives. That's right. why... That's why Peter, when he's he's given all these quote unclean things in Acts, <laughs> right? All the animals, he's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not me, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah, I'm not talking because because this is part of the Levitical code, right? That they don't eat this stuff, or they're going to be unclean and cut off from their people. Right. So, yeah, for me, Jews still. I mean, as soon as bacon became available. I mean, yeah, come on. It's on the table now. <laughs> For sure. And that's the that's the beauty of the freedom is I mean, eventually over time we see these things die out, but yeah, in the in the uh Jerusalem Council in Acts 15, uh James throws down some some um rules for the Gentiles not to make these Jewish converts into Christianity stumble. So uh, again, and this is this is uh, for good order in the church. You know, these things should be observed, not to 
to make your brother stumble because then you're sitting. You're no longer walking in love, but you're walking in selfishness, and that's basically the sinful Adam, and the sinful Adam is an unbeliever. So, Oh, absolutely. That's, that's a good point because um, when you have these kind of Judaizers that were trying to come in there, and they were trying to... Um, Base, yeah, they were being offensive to the Gentiles. Yes, that is extremely possible. And they would be offensive to the Christians who are saying, you know, it, you have to understand that with the Messiah, you're not looking at things the right way anymore. And so definitely, because he comes here after verse 6. And from those who seemed influential... Wait, I lost my spot. Um... And I did not even for a moment, okay, so that the truth of the gospel might. And from those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised, worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, uh, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave me the right hand of fellowship uh, to Barnabas and me. And we should go to the Gentiles and they should be circumcised, uh, and they to the circumcised. So, Remember, he doesn't have the Jewish gospel, and the other one has the Gentile gospel. They have the gospel, and it's for all people. Yeah, I love in the text, too, that Paul makes an appearance before the other three apostles, uh, James, the Lord's brother, uh, Peter, which is Cephas, and um, uh, Barnabas, uh, I'm not sure. Barnabas was an apostle, wasn't he? Uh, he was an I, apostle of. He was an apostle of, or a disciple of of. Um, la, 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 la. Well, there was a Barnabas. So yes, I'm. I'm having a. I'm having a. I'm having a. It's. It's late for me, but it's later for you, so I won't complain. Um, yes, Barnabas. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I gave a little history earlier, so, I mean, we're, we're close here. Barnabas was definitely in fellowship. But anyways, uh, he's kind of having an a examination moment, right? So mm -hmm. these dudes are, are not believing what he says, like, like, uh, like Paul tells us elsewhere, do not trust the spirits, but test the spirits to see if they're from God. So he comes to them, and, and they're given their approval. He says they gave me the right hand of fellowship, so... Uh, I think that's kind of cool to be added to the text that, yep, I was approved even by the apostles. And in the beginning, he opens us up. Hey, I don't need approval by any men. Okay, I, my message is from God. Uh-huh. And it's good. You know, we get really happy that uh, that they're, they're sitting down and they're affirming that this is the gospel we've received. And everything, you know, everything is looking good. Things are working out, and then we move into the next section. And everything kind of gets ugly. Because since these people who are important, by the way, are impressed in their, their, that Peter, I'm sorry, that Paul has the gospel, 
with that call, it comes with a certain level of responsibility, certain level of authority and accountability. That's the word I was looking for. And we see that, yes, they agree on the gospel, but yet we also see that the disciples are also sinners. And so when Peter Cephas came to Antioch, he opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. And they're like, for what? <laughs> Verse 12, for before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. In other words, the group of Jewish people, he, they were like, are you really associating with Gentiles? He's like, nah, psh, nah. And, uh, and, and that's, <laughs> that's just not, that's not how it works because on this level peter is kind of saying there's two different messages and there really isn't and, and paul is trying to is calls him out for it telling him what are you doing and the rest of the jews acted hypocritically along with him so that even uh, barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy but when i saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel i said to cephas before them all if you through a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force Gentiles to live like Jews? So he's pointing out that, you know, Peter, you've sort of fallen into hypocrisy. And not only this is where hypocrisy goes. Hear me now to quote uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hear me now. Believe me later is when <laughs> <laughs> is when he he's acting hypocritically. Next thing you know. The guy with Paul starts acting that way. He poisons him. He poisons Barnabas. And so it's not just it's not just Peter alone because any type of heterodoxy or anything um, causes this. You know, it poisons the well. Absolutely. And what's sad here, and I think this this is definitely something that everybody needs to examine often is um, how we look at other people. I mean, this is basically the same thing that's happening in the text. You know, if you if you come across a poor person and they might be dirty or whatever, you know, how are you looking at them? Are you looking at them through the eyes of the gospel or are you looking at them through eyes of faith or flesh? Right. Um, you know, and I think, I think Lutherans, we are especially guilty of this because we have our little clicks you know oh those are the legalists those are the antinomians those are you know yeah uh and that's got to stop you know that's exactly what paul rebukes here like really you're not going to associate with this guy because this group over here condemns you you know it's like <laughs> yeah it's true i mean unless unless they're just seriously falling off the wagon if they just irk you and and i know this is this is not new because even um, CFW Walther, one of my favorite things he wrote was on heresies. And he says, most heresies arise simply because pastors become embittered with one another. And so, you know, you've got to be really careful in that, in that realm. And so if you just don't like a guy or whatever, you don't treat it like it's a matter of doctrine. You just, maybe you just don't click. But, you know, sometimes people that should be spending time together aren't, and they should be. 
Yeah, and you all, you, you sometimes you 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 get the guy that's got to come in and add a little extra to what you said, as if it's not done. But to flip that coin, sometimes I'm the guy that's got to come in and add. You, you know, so it's like you can't ever read tone. Always put the best construction on things, yeah. and don't. Don't be like Peter, people. Repent of this daily, because Adam loves to show partiality to everybody. You know, uh, people, if you run into someone who's six, seven hundred pounds, are you going to be like, oh, that's disgusting? Yeah. Are you going to be like, Jesus died for this soul, and they're more beautiful than I am? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ways where you'll add them. I think that's... By the way, it never bothers me ever if you add stuff on because the gospel truth is the gospel truth. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's Jesus's for us. So just, you know, I'm not I've never been one of those guys. Um, uh, In seminary, one guy used to add on to what I was saying, but I would say that's not what I was talking about at all. <laughs> That's the only time it bogs me is is if it if it leaves the the farm that I was on. Well, I didn't know properly how to say that, and I'm sure I'm guilty of it, but I'm definitely not going to sit here and virtue signal and be like it was that guy alone, you know. So I'm I'm sure I have my guilts and faults that I'm not even aware of, but I have plenty. Plenty that I'm very aware of. So no, out here, um, people out here in the bush league, we're happy for all the good theology we can get, and and to be able to be honest, you know, I mean, let's just be honest of of uh, the fallenness that we are and what we're actually being rescued rescued from. Sure, I I totally believe that, and it for me being out in the bush league is is freedom. Because uh, we're not trying to impress anybody. <laughs> not that we could, but we're not trying. We, so. we tried to prove that to you guys through the Romans podcast. If you didn't pick up on it, we're just plainly stating it now. Yeah, I, I, yeah. we're here because we just happen to think that the book of Galatians is the bomb. <laughs> and so we like to talk about it. That's what we do. By the way... um. Uh, this is actually where that section for today ended. Uh, it's a good thing because next week we're going to get into um, uh, the justified by faith. But was there anything that really jumped out in the the Facebook group? Were there any anybody? Because uh... I will be you honest. Know, I, I really haven't checked the questions. If you want to hop on real quick and check, I haven't. I haven't been on. I've been. Uh nerding out in the old testament so oh yeah sure well we we certainly we have this really active oh, what there was there was there was that question uh on the homosexuality friend oh that's really good because i'm yes. glad because we covered this in our second podcast and i think it's maybe time we can make a reference to it again but um you have was there's the one where you have somebody who uh has a friend or something that they found out was homosexual and even though you raise your kids and to understand that you know that's not really what who we are um how do they still deal with that and 
if I'll just rip off uh, Lutheran stuff, no drama from podcast number two, is whenever you're dealing with real people, you begin first by remembering, okay, this person was created in the image of God. This person is a fallen sinner. This person, sin has manifested in their life in this way. And in one of the ways, and as unpopular as this is, is same-sex attraction. And so it's, you know, in the Bible, it's it's repugnant and everything. But when you have a friend that's like saying, I want you to know that uh, this is who I am. Well, the, the way you talk to them is like uh, a human being. And you'll say, first of all, is uh, what do you want me to know? Or how what do you think about me you know how do you think about me that you're telling me this you know because sometimes uh i've been around i'm old enough i used to be in a band and played all over and met all kinds of people and uh some people uh that i knew that were gay for example you know we were musicians and things and and the topic kind of never came up as far as uh you know them asking my opinion but some people knew I was a Christian and what their purpose was was to try to get me to recant and I would say well that's just not gonna happen um, I love you and you're in a fallen you know you're like you're fallen and broken but the the fact of the matter is uh, I'm not gonna recant of my position I would pray for you I would hope that you would be able to um, have strength to deal with this struggle. But, you know, the more that people say it's not a struggle, it's a lifestyle, the harder it is for us to actually show love. Yeah, and you know what, let me touch on that. When they say that, it's a self-justification. It's saying, you know, it's a when they say it's a lifestyle, uh, the sinner that, that doesn't want to repent will say, well, this is who I am. This is who God made me to be, or something along these lines. And that's a self-justification. So what we want to do is we want to come along this, alongside these people in our vocations, and we want to continue to be friends. And Because here's the problem. People say, homosexual? Ew. But you yeah. have no problem being a friend with six people who are living in adultery and sure. unpenitent. Yeah. Right? So... We, we like to elevate or downplay sin and forget that all sin is, is damnable and evil and wicked. And we want to come along each one of these people so long as it doesn't make us stumble. You know, yeah. if it's making you stumble, then go see your pastor, talk to him about it, take his advice on what you should do there. But for for you who, who, who are this person in your vocation and in their life, you know, people, my, my pagan friends hate my advice. They hate when I use <laughs> presuppositionals because when they come to me, but the, here's the thing though, they, whenever they need somebody trustworthy, guess where they come? Yeah. When they need somebody's honesty, guess where they come? And that's you too out there, Christian. Whenever they need your help, honestly, or they know that you're going to go the extra mile, if they're in trouble, uh, to help them, you know, then not only are you are you being a good neighbor, but you're also bearing faithful witness. And then it, it also gives you the chance to 
speak the truth in love and be honest with them because they the world sees it like this well if you don't agree with me then you hate me okay and that's not at all how how this works right it's yeah. there's one truth like there was a time that, that none of us agreed with god right yeah. and and we were alienated and hostile to him but he conformed us to the image of his son through baptism through the preach word through the sacrament of the altar and now you know we want to see others the same so we extend our love we extend our grace we extend our advice and we don't pound them repeatedly with the law but we want to give them law gospel distinction because it's important to have both if you just keep pounding them with the law and offer them no hope you know then then where is conversion in there yeah it's kind of nowhere and so I'm, I'm yeah i'm glad you said that because the hypocrisy usually does tend to fall on us when we're like yeah we have all these friends that are living together but which is adultery but if they practice the uh the the adultery of homosexuality um you know we're gonna put that up and it's just it puts you in a, a position of having your credibility questioned and the in truth be told the answer at the end of the day uh is always law and gospel you know it's not wrong for him to say well since you asked what we know is that God created us male and female. Um, we were with the meant to be together in a in a monogamous relationship, and we're meant to have children. And then not all people can have children. Why is that? Because we live in a fallen and broken world. So we've already said that. So you know when people go, well, what about people who struggle with infertility? You're right. That's just a struggle that heterosexual people are dealing with. But don't tell me that that's what justifies anything else. It means that I'm right about us living in a fallen and broken world. That's all that means. Yeah, and to add to that, do not ever, ever, ever tell that person, well, you're barren because you must be co committing some kind of sin or, yeah. you know, you're... You're homosexual because you must be committing some kind of sin. What? What? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, you, you, you're, you have all these sinful things because you're bo we're all born of Adam. Yeah. You know, it comes from the flesh. It needs to be put to death. And the only thing that's going to do that is the spirit through the word of God and the other means of grace. And you know what? I can't, I can't add anything to that, Zach. That was awesome. Um, you know, and, and I think our time is actually kind of running out here, but... Um, good topic. I'm glad you remembered that because I know it was important to that person that we at least gave it a little bit of lip service, and I think this is pretty good. Um, I think, uh, you know, let's see, you got anything else? Uh, Bush League for Life, baby. <laughs> Bush League for Life, and you know, for all the people that you got to go to, uh, nodramalutherans.podbean.com. We're on iTunes, and we're on a couple other things I've never heard of, but I signed up because people said they used them. But if you go to pod, nodramalutherans.podbean.com, you've got us. And uh, be sure to click on the the, the, the joining, you know, the, the subscribe button. And until then, this is uh, Pastor Hoffman for Zach Lesher saying God bless your week. We'll see you next time. <laughs>